Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of How We Roll Podcast. We're an RPG-based podcast, and we focus on Call of Cthulhu, some Dungeons and Dragons, and occasionally one-off campaigns. Interesting. If you're interested in contacting us and want to know where you can find our podcasts, you can visit HowWeRollPodcast.com, which offers links to Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitch. What? If you enjoy what we do and want to support us, you can donate to us on Patreon. And with that said, let's get on with the show. Yes, please, please, just get on with the show. Yes. Welcome to How We Roll Podcast news segment. Over the next few weeks, we are planning on interviewing different members of the cast so you, the listener, can get to know us better. If these episodes are well received, then we're hoping to expand this segment and invite members of the RPG community onto the show. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, or contact us directly through our Discord channel. For our first interview, we wanted to introduce How We Roll's newest cast member, the wonderful Lisa Lee. Hi, Lisa, how are you doing? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm very good. So you're joining us from sunny California, am I right? Yes, kind of overcast California right now, actually, which is um, a blessing. We don't get actual weather here, so (laughs) it's it's really nice to actually have a change in the sky and a little bit of uh, dramatic weather. I like it. Uh. Well, it's it's eight o'clock here at night, raining, miserable, and freezing cold. So uh, I think definitely prefer to be in California right now. <laughs> so we've just invited you onto the show to, I guess, get to know you a bit more about how you kind of got into the RPG scene and also get to know your uh, first character, Viessa. So uh, let's start off. Uh, how, how did you actually first get into the RPG scene? I first started playing Dungeons and Dragons. I guess it was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, back in high school, I was in a uh, a school called the um, the National Academy of Arts in Illinois, and it was like thirty professional ballet dancers, and it was the, uh, oh, no the American <laughs> arm of Royal Ballet of London, like their reach into America yeah. schools. And uh, I don't know, ten of us in the teachers' lounge boardroom on Sundays all day. With Mountain Dew and Cheetos and M and M's and and all of that stuff, yeah. So way back in the day, a whole bunch of ballerinas around a boardroom table. Oh wow! Because I mean, I started playing with Second Edition as well, but I mean, when I did it, it was very much like a teenage boy thing to do, and it was really looked down on by all our female friends. It was kind of mixed. Um, there, there, there were more um, boys and girls in in the room, definitely. But I was so gung ho about it. Because I grew up, I learned to read on The Hobbit. I learned to read on uh, Tolkien. And then as an early, early, I was an avid reader as a little girl. So I was reading way beyond my school years. And it was almost all fantasy and science fiction. So Kind of a logical step into D&D then. It's kind of living out those fantasies, isn't it? Totally. And then uh, in the late 90s, I got hooked into a text-based mud in the, in the dial-up days of AOL. Oh, and then I, I remember them very right? well. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That whole, that whole thing. Um, and, and became a mentor and a game writer and um, a game host and all of that stuff for that. And then, and that was like being in Dungeons and Dragons, being in an RPG, like, like writing yourself in, in a good book, right? Which was super fun for me. And then, uh, I got sucked into games in Pasadena and then home games in California, you know, here in LA and, and, um, new people at Blizzard and 
uh, World of Warcraft, and then other, <laughs> and they all, you know, it, it all just kind of dovetailed right back into D and D. I mean, uh, I guess as I said before, like I, I think it was only university that I first found uh, some female role players to play with, and even they were really few and far between. Have you kind of find it hard to find female friendly games? Have you had any kind of issues with that? Oh my gosh. Uh... Yeah, that stuff is really real. Uh, even in the text-based mud world, there were major flaming incidents. There were there was major major anti-girl club stuff going on, and in home games too. I, I've really seen kind of the best of, of of dungeon mastering and the worst of dungeon mastering, and that and that can get super sexist and super. A lot of times, I was the only girl at the table. Um, wow. And because I've always been like one of the guys, even as a professional dancer, I would go dance with the guys. I'd jump with the men <laughs> across the floor. It was always just kind of like I was I was like a mascot buddy of, of them. So it just it didn't dawn on me until I really got hit with it that it was <laughs> there was sexist stuff going on. Cause I was like, but no, we all get along, right? We're all gaming in this game, right? And then I would be like, oh, oh, I'm I'm not exactly welcome here, maybe. Or Dungeon Masters that like to kill the women characters off. It was weird. It can get weird. But now, in this in this server that I've opened, it's really, really cool. There's a lot of uh, Australian women uh, and players around the country that are great, great women players. So I'm excited about that. And it does feel that kind of over the last maybe like year or two, maybe starting with Critical Role, it it just there seems to be a lot more visible women role playing. I think I mean I've I've had a few yeah. friends that have been role playing for years, but it's not been as visible as it is now. And I think you know you turn on to Geek and Sundry or Critical Role, there's a whole load of uh, different people playing. But do you have any advice yeah. for people who are finding the RPG scene intimidating or not really accepting them? The RPG scene should be extremely inclusive, and that is one of the things that Critical Role has done besides uplifting the planet with games and D and D, which is what everyone's doing now around the country and the world. Yeah. Um, D and D is uh, cool. No now. joke. Like <laughs> right. Like it's it's not. It's cool now, and it's it's literally saved people's lives. It's, it's literally helped people get back on a track and find jobs and and uh, and better their lives. It's it's amazing the the reach that this game has has had and is having, and I think it's extremely necessary right now, especially in this temperature of the of the world politics and everything going on and um if the if the gaming group isn't for you if you're getting hit with sexism if you're getting hit with with uh, a dm that that's removing player agency it's not your it's not your group go find a group there are so many groups on discord on online um uh, there's so many great people out there gaming just go find a better group you know, I, I don't don't die on that hill. There are really, really, really great um, RPG players and D and D players and role players online. You can find some group that that will be inclusive to you, or come find us, and and I'll and I'll and I'll steer you towards. <laughs> and I know, like, I mean, again, ten. 10, well, even five years ago, it's very much based around your local game store or trying to persuade yeah. your friends to join in. Whereas now you can find, I, I, I really am one of those people that believe like bad D&D is worse than no D&D. And I, I will hold out for the right Absolutely. It's, it can be emotionally scarring. No joke. It's when you're invested in a game, I think it can really, it can really mess you up. I've walked from 
I've walked from uh, Twitch streams because of sexism, and it, but it really makes you kind of second guess, like, where's my responsibility in this problem? Is this a problem? What is this? And then you have to, like, sort that out before you decide to, to walk away or handle, confront the issue, right? Like, calmly, professionally, or calmly, and with, like, a friend, confront whatever issue's bad, and then decide to walk or not, yeah. I guess, like, knowing that there are lots of different types of D&D and RPG groups out there and I think there is a group for everyone if you and it is just persevering and don't don't get disheartened by some really bad things that can happen but shouldn't do yeah and and all levels of gaming right there's there's really inclusive levels of of new gamers who are really just learning the ropes and then there are more seasoned gamers who might really be into a more deadly style of gaming (laughs) um which is which is great because they want that challenge and there's that extra level of tension in a game. But new players who have level three and four characters may not want to be in a deadly, super, super hard, super crazy challenge game and aren't even, you know, are still learning the builds of their characters. And that's all valid and people can find their groups in all levels of gaming. So what, what type of player are you? Are you kind of like a power gamer or are you kind of more into the role play? Like, how would you think <laughs> of yourself? <laughs> I, am, I am the anti-power gamer. I really, since I didn't understand math and numbers a lot as a kid, um, I always chose flavor over, over stats and numbers and winning <laughs> the game kind of thing like forever and ever. And I'll always be that way. And RP, I mean, being growing up as an actor and a performer... Um, the RP element of it uh, makes it live, makes it like being in, you know, that big game. I've even had games and there was a game in Pasadena I was in years ago. It was like table LARPing. We had props. We were pantomiming <laughs> things and we would get XP during the game at the table. If we like, if I was like rosining my bowstring or doing whatever, like pantomiming stuff or having props, we would get XP. So it was full on table LARPing. It was kind of crazy. So have you got into the kind of cosplay side of it at all? Not really. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no at all, (laughs) at all about that. But my type of gaming is really, I don't want to be the most powerful. I don't need to be an edgelord. I don't need to be the big kill everything tank running in because I don't even understand that style of play. There are players that are so savvy at that kind of ability in that build of character. I'm like, great. You guys go, I'm going to be back here at range, right? I am. I want to be the most helpful, the most useful. (laughs) I want to be the, the, Really uh, helpful. Healer is my favorite thing. Um, so I was going to ask, do you have like a, a favorite character type or favorite class that you, you tend to kind of lean towards? I really love bards now, especially now that they're so useful and they're so um, multifaceted and they can help, right? Help and assist. They're as so a, good as a, in fifth edition, aren't they? I love it. And I really love Viesa. I really love this, this new... Um, shepherd druid and cleric build that is the mother wendy super healer i freaking love it i will i will i'll get super overexcited about this because i really really love it <laughs> so that's a great segue do you want to tell us about the character that's going to be joining uh, the the cast this uh, this sunday sure um viesa ralinthos she is an eladrin we say eladrin i'm sorry i've said eladrin for a long time Sorry, isn't it? I've always thought it was. Isn't it Eladrin? That's how I've always said it. I've said it Eladrin. Um, I've heard people say Eladrin, and and I think they're wrong. But I'm not sure, <laughs> I don't know yet. I haven't gone to listen. Um, so I've said Eladrin. 
she's mostly in autumn. And <laughs> she she is she's kind of grown up in a in a lot of Feywild Wild worlds. So she's a little bit uh chaotic on the chaotic good spectrum scale, but she's also can focus and be really and be really helpful. She's kind of quirky. She's a little uh she might be a little bit younger than the rest of the cast, the the players, the characters. Um, and she has a sister that we've lost, alas, we're looking for. And she's a cleric druid. So this is the build I super, super love. She is ridiculously healy. She can beast shape. <laughs> she, uh, she can uh, stress you out no end by making you do tons of animal voices. As we because <laughs> it's a, is it the, the speech of the woods so you can speech of the you, woods you can talk to any animal is that right yeah hey how's it going how's your mom how's your family <laughs> yeah well at this point I think we've actually played we've played twice haven't we and we're recording again uh, yeah. this Friday yeah um, and I think we we have already had various conversations with animals that I've had to think of voices for <laughs> the last minute but that's been brilliant it's opened up a whole new kind of facet to the uh, the role play into the story that's been brilliant yeah I mean we have we also have a talking cat so yeah. uh it it just it just goes it just totally goes yeah she's really really fun and I and I can't wait to I can't wait to play with everyone more I'm so excited about it Oh, yeah, I think uh, obviously we can't give away spoilers because I think at the moment we're a good five episodes ahead right now of releases. Um, yeah. But there's some very cool stuff coming out over the next few weeks. I know, um, I almost said it, but I, I'm buttoning yeah. my lip about, about the really cool thing that they're going to hear. I don't want to spoil that surprise because that's ridiculous fun and funny. Um, but that fun surprise and silliness that we went through, um, I, might, I might have to carry that through other things we do. We've we've because we we've been playing Call of Cthulhu for almost three years now, but I think we've always tried to keep quite a balance on the kind of fun side as well as the horror side, and I think it's something we've carried over to D and D. I mean, both the horror and the fun. So um, we can get a bit crazy at times, but also serious and <laughs> scary and tense. But um, what what would you say uh, VS has thought of the characters she's met so far? So you've met is it Voran, Saf, and I guess Grayson. Uh, she's. We, we got thrown into some things pretty quickly. So she knew Grayson before. So she already knew him. And, and he's a cat. So she's enthralled and enchanted that she can really just have a real conversation with him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Grayson and Aram as well are very, very easy to, to like. <laughs> right. It's improv gold right there with, with yeah. him. And, uh, <laughs> and the other two, it's just been kind of like, Okay, you're friends with them. Great. I'm going to get to know them as we go. But right now we got to take care of this thing and I'm just going to help all of you. Uh, she hasn't had uh, a chance even to have any kind of like conversations with them yet. Um, but, but she's just helpful. I mean, that's her nature is to kind of help people. Dead or undead, you know, just help. She just wants to help. And again, it fits quite well into the... the- to joining a party i know that i've had people join that want to play that edge lord or want to play this very kind of involved character that's all about them whereas you've come in and you've immediately kind of gel with the group and i think part of that is is the nature of vs she's very easy to get along with and i think um the others have come of immediately accepted her which has been really good yeah it feels really good and she is she's a little she's she's chaotically maternal right she's she, you know she's not like like 
oh, here's your kettle. It's more like, what do you need? I can make this for you. And here's some good berries. And, uh, oh, let me, <laughs> let me ask this crow if we can go, you know, if there's any food around, if there's any whatever. And so she's a little bit, um, she's not, she's maternal, but in a, in a very quirky way. And do you want to tell us a bit about like how she's got to Barovia? Like what's, what's that hook that we used? Uh, Biesa has a sister named Tamsin who is a bard and uh, we served at uh, the summer court in the Feywild. So Tamsin got lured away. She got beckoned away by handsome Vistani bandits. <laughs> and she and so she kind of played her way into the mist by mistake or by enchantment. Um, and she's gone. So I have been tasked to go find her. And of course, I'm, it's my it's my job. I got to go find my sister. And I met Grayson in Sigil. Um, otherwise, it would be Sigil. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, still not, I'm still not sure how to pronounce it. Like, um, I'll say the city is Sigil, but I'll say the rune as, as Sigil. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why I'm like differentiating them. I'm I'm pointing my hands backwards and forwards so that you I guys can't see me. I thought I was being so clever me, when but... I said it. I, when I said sigil, because that's how I got told off for saying sigil before. But then I heard Chris Perkins call it sigil on dice camera action, so I'm not sure anymore. You may have called it both uh, both diff- different things. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I met I met Grayson there, and then that's all. I just know that I need to find. I was told I needed to find a man with a monkey, and he that's would right, help me find right. my sister. Uh, That's you all had I a, know. A, a reading with Madame Eva, and she said you had to find a man with a monkey. So uh, hopefully yes. we can we can solve that story in the next in the coming weeks. A man um, with a monkey. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'm so excited about that. So I, I guess uh, coincidentally, you, um, you this is the second time you've you've been to Valaki because it, it was where you uh, you played. <laughs> oh, what's she called? The um, the Arabelle. girl on uh, Arabelle and Dice Camera Action. So, and what was it like playing with the Waffle Crew with uh, Chris Perkins? Oh my himself? god, <laughs> it was it was so much fun. And I, he is so busy, and they are so busy that I didn't get a lot of like prep. I didn't get a, a, any kind of a game zero talk with them, which was fine because I over prepare. I went like re- researching, researching uh, Vistani, researching Eastern Gypsy researching gypsy symbols, researching all of this, <laughs> researching phrases that they would say for good luck or for cursing. I had pages. I had like pages of stuff. Um, it really shows. I mean, it's one of the, some of my favorite, uh, the episodes on Dice Camera Action. Uh, it was so much fun. And I didn't, I also didn't really know um, how RP or not RP, they, they wanted me to go since I was playing an NPC and not like a guest player character in the thing. So uh, I read up on her and I found, I found like some of the only art I could find of her. I went, I went so <laughs> rabbit hole with this. It was so much fun. And I had a blast. I really, truly had a blast because Chris Perkins is just, I adore him so, so much uh, for all of the reasons. And, uh, and the cast is so much fun, but I think I kind of came in gangbusters. They were like, here comes this like totally uh, balls out character like jumping <laughs> into the fray of them and i don't know how much prep they had either so of them becoming so. oh it was great though because i think they were still quite new to D and new to role-playing at the time at least some of them were and i think 
meeting someone that actually went and you know did their character from the first person was fantastic and you can see their characters develop as you came in and it was a really really one of the as i say one of my favorite parts of their, their curse of stride campaign but it was also my favorite death too i've never died that epically yeah. <laughs> and it was awesome it was so much fun oh my god that was so great Maybe if we uh, end up exploring that part of Valaki, we can reprise Arabelle's character. (laughs) (laughs) So great and so much fun. And my only regret is I didn't put the glasses on. Uh, I pickpocketed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, 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 Dieth, I believe. And um, I didn't realize they were like spectacles or glasses of charming. I didn't realize. I pickpocketed him. And then (laughs) the look on his face, I felt so bad that I had done it. Um, because it seemed it was so like little brat kid that I thought about putting on the glasses and it would have changed the story. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It would have changed the whole thing that had gone on, but I didn't do it. I was I was a dummy. I should have I should have yes and my ended myself and put them on. <laughs> I mean, where do you go from there? I mean, that's again being on dice camera action. Do you do you kind of have any RPG dreams? Is that something you're kind of aiming towards or want to do? Um, sure, of course. Uh, Other than being on How We Roll Podcast, obviously. (laughs) Being on on How We Roll Podcast. Uh, There are, there are gamers, home games and streaming games. I would, of course, you know, uh, watching my heroes, both voiceover and as people and as gamers play every Thursday on Critical Role is, uh, is, the be all end all I think of, of gaming, but there are home games too that, that people play in and other, and other geek and century people I'd love to play D and D with. I'd love to play with Jason Charles Miller and I'd love to play <laughs> with some of those other, other cast members that he plays with. And, um, the force gray people, I would, uh, they're just all these great improvers, right? It's not even about streaming. It's about really, really great DMS and really, really great, yes and improv background rp people that can bring that level of fun like you say you know when you get into especially into darker themed games um you've got to have that level of fun to to balance that tension and and color of the world so that's the fun for me is bringing all that all those facets in to what can be in a game it's definitely a different experience playing with like role players like R O L rather than like role players who are actually improvisers. And I think you can have some real special moments in a game where everyone is really in character and ready to kind of just see what happens. You know, that kind of yes and moment's brilliant. Yeah, and the right kind of fun and funny. Um, I was in a game recently where where I was playing a, I was playing a bard, but there was another bard in the group and I was, and I was being miss cheesy and giving a little, some Hamilton quotes and giving some (laughs) other like, like relevant into the woods quotes because we were in this adventure. But, Mm. uh, that bard kind of broke character a little bit and did the whole talking to the bandit leader, uh, and the bandit leaders thugs. Look at your leader. Now look at me. Now look at your leader. Now look at me. And it was just this perfect, it was the funniest moment in the whole game. It was perfect. It was perfect. I was like, oh my God, I wish I'd thought of it. That was awesome. Yeah. It, and again, in the middle of this, like we could all die in a minute, but that made everyone laugh. I mean, broke the table for five minutes. So yeah, that's so, fun. I mean, obviously you've played lots of characters. Have you, have you tried DMing yet? 
oh my gosh, not yet. Because the more, <laughs> honestly, the more I play in games, like to learn this build, I've played the, the Viesa's build in other games as another character to really get savvy with what that build can do. Because the more games I play in with really savvy players, um, the more I know I have only scratched the surface of knowing how D&D goes. Because there's so much, it's vast, right? It's this vast scape mm. of, of information and rules and stats. So I've written three sessions. I've written them out. Um, but I haven't run them yet. I've had some very kind DMs help me and start me learning and how to write this up and how to get it done. But stats, combat stats, players' buffs and abilities, knowing those things and having those... That's what intimidates me. I'm not worried about story, about pace, about content. I'm worried about uh, crashing and burning <laughs> if I run combat, players in combat. that's So my plan is to have an open game soon, like run a totally open scenario game where I can go, okay, now let me remember what your skills are. Let me remember, you know what I mean? And know how that goes so that I'm a game with training wheels. <laughs> You know, and allow myself to really just learn. And I think, I mean, playing things like the Lost Mine of Fandelva or a one shot that you, you kind of in control of yourself and you know all the ins and outs is a really good way of starting. And from the sounds of it, having story and pace and all that sorted, it, they're the hard bits, I think. You know, knowing the rules and the combat, like it does take a bit of getting used to, but I'd, I'd say that's much easier than telling a good story. Oh, and I and I'm the opposite. I'm I'm a lit major, so stories is my forte. <laughs> I can I can story in RP all day and think of new ideas and on where things can go and and helping people write their sessions and find ideas. I've been brainstorming. That's that brain tennis is so much fun for me. But yeah, I'm I'm totally scared of of combat and numbers and all <laughs> that stuff. And especially playing with the with the players, the really savvy players I've been playing with in other games. Um, Combat's fast. We all know, they know what they're going to do when their turn comes up. They know what they can do, what they can do to help others, um, which is, again, why I like being that helper character. Mm. I like being, um, I'm at range. I can help with an attack a little bit if I, if I, if I need to or set, up, or set up something that's going to make it difficult for the, the things we're fighting and then just help. Heal, <laughs> help, boost. Uh, uh, one of my characters has a huge 16-foot python who can literally like like lift lift up another player to get an archery shot over the top of you know cover or whatever and that to me is super fun so kind of in that in that vein like what what would you say makes a great dm like what do you aspire to be um the 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 be all end all is matt mercer uh (laughs) and also because he's known those players for so long um i love their home game right isn't it like it's not it wasn't it's been their home game it was Right, and they know each other, um, and he had a couple years to really know those characters as well. A DM that is that is um, on on that line of deadly but fair, who has who wants his who understands his characters are heroes, who doesn't uh, railroad them too much, who will guide and not railroad. Right, because there's Mm. that there's that difference. Because that that benevolent guidance is also a wonderful thing. I'm totally talking with my hands here. You can't see it, but I'm like, my hands are everywhere. <laughs> and, um, and also knowing, uh, investing, in, investing in, in the characters at the table. So I love the way he will, he, he, is the, he is the deliciously diabolical master of 
taking bits of someone's backstory and then and then spinning it into golden thread that is now going <laughs> to bite them in the ass or challenge them, you know, a year later and and pull that into story and web weave that together into something that is an amazing character moment in the game. Um that that inspires me and excites me and and it's like it's great writing. You know what I mean? Great yeah. great writers. West Wing mash critical role. These are like <laughs> ultimate ultimate nth degree writing that that it makes me sweat watching. Like I can watch the West Wing. The writing is so good, I'll sweat. It's crazy, right? But it's that storytelling element that just is so good. And so fair. I, I don't want to kill no kill no kill happy. No <laughs> insert no insert yourself as an NPC that goes along with everyone. That's what, I, that's what I was going to say. Like on the flip side, what would you say? The DMing no oh no. Like what what do you really hate, or what's what's kind of a deal breaker with you in a game? Taking away player agency, being really sexist, hardline gone, done out. Yeah. Being ego ego driven DMs. I have seen really great DMs just recently. Go from, go from really benevolent, really generous DM, helping the players and learning how to DM into ego monster, condescending, passive aggressive. Everyone at the table is beneath them, down his nose at everyone. That, it hurts my heart. It destroys the game. If a DM destroys my trust, if he breaks my trust in him, gone. Can't be there as well. Uh, DMs that are actually super drunk at the table also can't. That's, that's, that's a deal breaker. So drunk on power and drunk on substance. Um, although we all, we all love to have, um, have uh, some fortified tea, as, you, as you'd say, um, at the table. But there's that line. I've seen the worst. I've seen, I've seen a DM. Well, that could be another conversation. I've seen the worst. I have stories of, like, the absolute worst. And it's, I, I think, I mean, as any hobby, it attracts a whole whole range of different people. But I think, you know, when you sit down to tell a story for four or five hours, I guess you can have some of the greatest moments and some of the most horrible moments. And I think finding that right game is just so, so important. Yeah. And no favoritism. Seeing DMs <laughs> uh, uh, get really, really, get really, really uh, uh, generous and, and extra with girls at the table that they're sweet on. Oh God! Uh, that yeah, taking an, a whole another hour for her side quest, for her air quotes side quest. You know that <laughs> that I can't. Uh, it's 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 all for one. It's teamwork. I guess things like inequality as well. Like I'd I'd, I'd agree that really yeah. that annoys me. I think it's one of the reasons why we don't do XP on how we roll is because I, I hate the idea. Well, you get an extra hundred XP for this, or you. I mean, really, everyone's contributing, and it's something I really yeah. dislike. But that's, a, again, a whole different conversation of all my, my bugbears in d and I know, um, I want to hear it. I totally want to hear all of that. Well, hopefully, uh, again, if people kind of enjoy this segment, uh, you know, the rolling with different members of the crew, then uh, hopefully my turn will come around eventually. I think Owen's going to start interviewing soon as well. Yes, so good. And before we wind up, is there, is there anything you'd like to really mention about what's going on with you or anything you want to promote? I am a voice actor here in LA and I, I work internationally and stuff I'm working on right now, I can't talk about. No, it's all NDA'd <laughs> and I can't talk about it yet, which is a super bummer because I can't wait. And the uh, Cantata Pansophical album, 
Which Ooh, is tell the, us about this because uh, you've you've mentioned it when we've played a few times. Like it's a, yeah, you, it's a fan based album, uh, written, produced, mixed by uh, fans of Critical Role, and it's the story of the Chroma Conclave in Critical Role. It's that arc within Critical Role, and it's that story sung to the tune of Hamilton <laughs> with new lyrics. They 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 uh, Al Yankovic oh, wow. lyrics and the lyrics. Yeah, I, um, being a voice actor, I was like, I, I want the fans to be in on this. I want fans all over the world to be in on this. Should I audition? I don't, I don't know. But then <laughs> I heard the demo, right? I heard the demo and the lyrics were so good, they made me sweat, right? They were like, I got goosebumps. I was like, I have to be in this at some, I, I, I want to be a part of this <laughs> in some little teeny way, just something because it's so yeah. good. And then I read more of the lyrics and literally I cheered in my chair. I missed it up in my chair. It's so good. <laughs> So it's it's uh, over seventy over seventy fans of Critical Role um, and musicians and artists uh, in six countries and four continents who have gotten wow. together. Yeah, we've it, recorded uh, all over the world. And is it out now, or is this something that we need to wait for? February twenty third, the album drops. Brilliant. So it's going to be free. It's going to be on iTunes and MP three and downloadable. It's it's a gift. It's a gift to everyone because Critical Role has given so many fans so much, and we're just we're just fans. We're just total fans. So um, uh, I I do a couple different things on the album, um, and it's really I can't wait to hear. Oh, we haven't heard all of it, and the <laughs> art is amazing. All of these artists, all these critter artists. <laughs> it, there's all this really fun, just extra stuff that's super amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you so much for joining me tonight or for the afternoon for you. Uh, where can our <laughs> listeners find you? Like where, where, where's the best place to get hold of you? I am Lisa Bell on Twitter and uh, it's lisalevio.com is my website and, and uh, around the entire webs. And uh, I think we're going to try and add your character. We've, we've, um, we've commissioned some art for Viesa and we'll try and add something to our website as well. And I'll put your details in the show notes. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you like this segment and want to hear more, please contact me at HWR Podcast on Twitter. You can log on to our Facebook page. We've got a Discord channel. We've got a Reddit page, all sorts of things. Um, get in contact. Tell us what you think. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on Sunday for Lisa's debut. Thanks, everyone. Take care.